return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Quite late, um, but I believe that you will be blessed. Amen. Um, it's always a joy and a pleasure to be in the presence of the Lord. And whenever we gather in His presence, God has so much to tell us and so many things to reveal unto us. It's my prayer that by the time we are done to this morning, God would have ministered to you like never before. Hallelujah. Shall we close our eyes and pray? Let's close our eyes and pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your name this morning. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your love. Father, we thank you that, Lord, we are part of the living this morning. Father, many slaves could not wake up. But, Lord, we are awoken. We are awake, oh God. Not because of who we are or what we've done, but because of your mercy, your grace, and your love. Father, we pray we commit this morning into your hand as we share and as we learn your word. Father, we pray that may you minister unto us. May, may our hearts be so fertile in the mighty name of Jesus. May we not lose or miss anything that you have for us. And at the end, may we be blessed. May the expectation of the righteous not be cut short. In Jesus' precious mighty name, we've prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So um, this morning, I want to share something the Lord laid on my heart to share with you this morning. And it's on the topic, His word is enough. His word is enough. Um, you know, sometimes when you, when you look at the circumstance around you and what you are going through, you tend to question the Bible to check the, to ascertain the credibility of the Word of God to know whether it's true or it applies to me in this situation or it applies to some specific challenges and not these challenges. And whenever we confront issues and looking at our state and our circumstances, it becomes quite difficult for us to know whether we will follow the Word, the word of God throughout to the end or we will follow our own opinions. But the first thing I want to submit to all of us is that when it comes to the Word of God, our opinions doesn't matter. Hallelujah. When it comes to the Word of God, it's not about what you think. It's not about what you feel. It's not about what you've experienced. But it's what God says. What God says is enough. What God says is all. Because the essence of your love is found in what God says and not what you think. What you are going through that you think that no one understands or no one has seen it. God has seen it and he knows it all. But then he says as you submit to you this morning that his word is enough for you. Hallelujah. When you read the book of Judges chapter 6, it talks about a young man who lived in a time where Israel was going through so many things. In fact, they were in bondage, they were in slavery, and the Midianites were always tormenting them. In fact, it is recorded that they tormented them to the point that whenever they planted, they made sure that the Midianites would come to their, to their town, pitch their tent, and make sure that they would squander 
everything that belonged to the Israelites and make sure they leave back the place deserted. Nothing for them to eat. So the people went through a period and a time of starvation. They had no food to eat. Therefore, if they had to eat, then whatever they plant, they should make sure that they hide it. If they do not hide it and the Midianites see that they are in possession of any food or anything that will make their living easy for them, they will come, torture them, and take away all their belongings. So around that period where they were, they were scared, around that period that they felt like they had no hope anywhere, the Israelites cried out unto God and they were asking God for a Messiah. They were asking God for a breakthrough because they were going through pain. And you know, sometimes when... Let, let me, I, I like using this current situation like the COVID. When this whole COVID thing came, we realized that the Christians went before God and they prayed that, Father Lord, show us a sign and give us, I mean, rescue us from this pandemic. And that is the same thing that the Israelites were praying about. Father, come and heal our land. Come and save us because we are going through so many things. We are going through pain. We are going through struggle. We are going through intimidation. We are going through a lot of stuff. So in their prayer, God listened to their prayer. And the funny thing is that how God answered their prayer was very funny. When God was looking for someone to use as a channel to answer their prayer, in the verse 12 of Jericho chapter 6, the Bible says that when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, so that means that the angel of the Lord appeared to a person. This angel was sitting under a tree. So he appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you. You mighty warrior. So, he knew himself. He knew what he's capable of doing. And he knows that he himself is not a mighty warrior. In fact, he doesn't fight. The best thing he's good at doing is hiding. Because anyone who is mighty, anyone who is strong, shows. You know, you see the person walking chest out. And it's like the person has some kind of audacity in the things that he or she does. But this guy was actually a fiero. He was always afraid and trying to find somewhere to hide. He was an expert in hiding. So the verse 30 said that, Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, Pardon me. So it was like, now you are saying that, Oh, you rich billionaire. Meanwhile, you know that you can't even afford a three, I mean, a meal in a day. Not to talk about having, be able to, I mean, um, get food for morning, afternoon, and evening. Then someone appears to you and the person is like, Hey, my billionaire. You feel like the person is kind of ridiculing you or laughing at you because you yourself, you know that you have nothing. You know, and that was the situation. So he said, pardon me. Then started lamenting and talking about his situation and his challenges. That where are all these wonders that our ancestors told us about? When they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of the Midians. Can you go to the next verse? To the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian hands. And it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I think, I think that I have no strength. I think I can't do anything. In fact, I am the weakest among my family my clan is the weakest in fact in everything my clan is the worst me standing here i know that i have no strength to do anything and then the lord is saying that go in the strength you have 
I don't even know the strength I have to even go in that strength. So what kind of strength was the Bible or was Jesus talking about? So go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the hands of the Midianites. I am not, am I not sending you? So he was making reference to what he has spoken to him. He was making reference to how he referred to him as a mighty warrior. He was making reference to him with respect to how he sees him, not how Gideon sees himself. Then he replied again, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? How can I save Israel? How many times has God spoken to us? And how many times haven't we asked ourselves, how can we? How can we? You know, the, pro- the greatest challenge with our work with God is when we see ourselves than seeing the one who has sent us. Because whenever our focus becomes us, we now begin to see our weaknesses. We now begin to see how incapable we are to do. And we then call up in our weakness and not being able to do that which he has called us to do. But today, if we work with that mindset, that if the one who has sent us is with us, and we work in his power, in his authority, in his dominion, then we know that surely, surely, we are capable of doing anything he commissions us and he calls us to do. Because before God will call you, he knows you. He knows you when you read the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. When you go to Jeremiah chapter 1, that was when God was appearing to a young man called Jeremiah. And God had a purpose and a plan for him. The verse 4, the Lord, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet of the nations. So before you, Jeremiah, you came to being. Before you became who you are. Before you were able to talk. Before you, you came to this world. I knew you. I chose you. I appointed you. I commissioned you. I ordained you. Beloved, God has ordained you even before this world was formed. God knew that you'd be here at this point, at this moment. And he knows what he has deposited in you. But the only way you can walk in that power is when you come to the realization of what God has made you in him. I want to submit to you, his word for you is enough. So, this is what the Lord said. I've made you a prophet. And in that time, prophets, being a prophet was a big deal. And the prophets went through so many things. I know, to make it simple, the prophets were the mouthpiece. They were the oracle of God. So whenever God wants to communicate to his people, it wasn't everybody who had the privilege to be used by God. Unlike this time that God can speak to anybody and communicate his, his message to them. In those times, God spoke through some specific people, the prophets. So if you are called by God to be a prophet, it's a big deal. And this guy who knows that he's weak, who knows that he's a small boy, who knows that he doesn't have what it takes to be a prophet. God appears to him, speaks to him and says that, I have called you a prophet. I have made you the mouthpiece for the people of Israel. Then this is what he said, Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I do not know how to speak. I am too young. I don't know how to speak. I am too young. And you know, this is similar to what 
Gideon also said, I am too weak. In fact, my clan is the weakest. And even among the weakest clan, I am the weakest among the brethren in the clan. So it's like, always, whenever God appears to us, we tend to look at ourselves, we tend to look at our incapabilities, we tend to look at our flaws, and we begin to make excuses. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I sent to you. Say whatever I command you. Do you know because in the way what God was saying was that don't look at yourself. Just focus on the word I've given to you because my word for you is enough. Hallelujah. To this morning I want to ask you what has God spoken to you? What has God said to you? Are you looking at yourself or you, you are looking at what God has told you to do? When you read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. This is Paul's letter to the church of Corinth. And he was making a certain profound statement. And I believe that as children of God, if we read the Bible and we tend to understand it in this way, it will help us to be able to walk in, in a right way with God. But God chooses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chooses the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Beloved, I want to tell you, God doesn't come for you when you are strong. God doesn't come for you when you are capable. All that he wants you to do is to follow. When you follow, he will make you. When you follow, he will make you. So your ability to do is found in your ability to follow him. That's all that God wants from you. Just follow what he says. Just follow his word. Just follow what he is saying. That is enough for you when you just follow his word. It's enough. Because he doesn't look at somebody who is so strong, has six packs, has all the muscles, and say that I will use you to go for war or to go for battle. Or he doesn't look at certain kinds of people. I think that you, you have PhD and you have, you have, you have professor uh, degree in um, theology so you can be used by me to go and preach my message somewhere. No. God can choose to use anybody he wants to use so far as the person has made up his or her mind to just follow what he says. His word is enough. Hallelujah. In the book of Mark, in the book of Matthew chapter 4 verse 19, Matthew chapter 4 verse 19, when Jesus Christ was starting his ministry and he was looking for people to use, let me tell you, in those times there were scribes, there were Pharisees, there were Sadducees. The Pharisees were the set apart people, people who were set apart. They had committed themselves to the study of the word of God. They knew the word of God from beginning to the end. And if I am somebody starting my ministry and I have learned people around me, I will feel good and I will feel like they, they, we will be on the same level. We can really talk on the same level. But when Jesus Christ was picking his people, he just went to the common people, fishermen, people who weren't even very schooled. They weren't really schooled. Other they knew that they would go to the synagogue, they would follow what the scribes, what the, um, scribes would say, and then they would come back home. But then when Jesus was looking for people to use, he went to the fishermen. And all that he said was that, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you, and I like what NLT says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. All that he wanted them to do was just to follow what he had said. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. This morning my question to you is that what has God said? 
What are you going through in life? And how are you working in the light of the word of God? Because in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. And everything comes true, passed through and ends with the word. If you follow his word, it will be well with you. If you follow his word, you will realize that to you with man is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. These people were unlearned. These people were unschooled. They knew nothing. But God called them. He chose them. He knew that they could not. But he knew that he, they were available to be made too. So he made them. And when he was living in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Don't be worried. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, you shall receive power. And you shall be my witnesses. So he was talking about them being fishers of men. He was talking about them being witnesses. He was talking about them. He was talking about launching them into ministry. But he knew that these people were looking at how incapable they were. And when he had worked with them, taught them how the, way, the kingdom of God is, taking them through, uh, I mean, theological school for about three years and about to leave, the Bible says that now he said to them, when the Spirit of God, you receive power and the Spirit of God comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. So that being able to make fishes of men, now as I leave, you now get the power. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. When you go to the book of Acts chapter 2, whilst, the verse one, whilst they were at the upper room praying on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God came upon them. The Spirit of God came into the room like a rushing wind, settled on them like tongues of fire. And all of a sudden, those who were weak, those who could not speak in tongues, those who knew nothing, they started speaking in an unknown tongues. They started becoming powerful witnesses unto Jesus. And at a stand, a man of God ministered, and about 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus. Most often, the reason why, the reason why it becomes very difficult for us to just follow his word is because we think we are too wise. You know, we are so wise in our own sight. We are so wise in our own sight. So because of that, we tend to apply human and carnal reasoning to supernatural things. And it doesn't make sense. You can't apply physical carnal reasoning into supernatural things the bible makes us understand that all scripture is god's breath that means that it is god who has inspired people to what to write what we read whatever god communicates to us is his holy ghost his word his spirit so if he communicates to you in that level in that frequency then you must shift into that frequency to be able to understand and decode in that realm, if, you, if God is speaking in the realm of the supernatural and you are thinking about it in the realm of the natural, then it will be difficult for you to be able to follow that which he's saying. Because you are thinking in physical sense. In the book of Proverbs chapter 3, book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, the Bible says that, Trust in the Lord with all your hearts. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. He has spoken. What he has said upon your life is enough. He just wants you to trust in his word. Trust in his word. Last, Friday, last Wednesday when I was here, I, was, I took my time to um, talk about 
John chapter 14, verse 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. And we've got to understand that when the Bible talks about the way, it is talking about the process, it is talking about the method, it's talking about the strategy, it's talking about the means, it's talking about whatever you can think of to get to Him. So, Jesus is the means, He is the process, Jesus is the essence. His word is enough. His word is enough for you. All that he wants from you is to just trust. Don't look at yourself. Because when you look at yourself, you cannot do it. Because there is nothing that your body can do aside what God is capable of using you to do. In the book of Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to 5. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep waters and let the nets for a catch. After Jesus had ministered in the boat of Simon, he, he saw it that, ah, these guys, I can see that the whole day they've caught nothing. Today, I'm going to make them have the best harvest of their time. So in the mind of God, he was planning the best harvest of their time. But in the mind of the people, they were lamenting on their worst harvest of their time. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and have caught nothing. Assuming you've worked the whole day. Something you think you are very good at. Something you think you are an expert in. It it can be your academics. You think that you are very good in a particular course. You are very good in your discipline. But you realize that with all the research and everything you are doing, you are seeing no results. You are good at doing a particular thing. You've done and done and done it and done it. But this time round, nothing is working. You are heartbroken. You don't know what to do. You are confused. You are about giving up. And in the midst of the despair, the disappointment, Jesus said, let down your net into the deep. And Simon said, Master, I've worked hard. By then, Peter knew that Jesus was not a farmer. Jesus was the son of a carpenter. So if it comes to carpentry, at least I know that Peter can say something. uh, I mean, I know that Jesus can say something about it. But when it comes to fishing, Jesus has never fished before. So what wisdom, what expertise, what knowledge does he have to tell me to go into the sea and catch a fish? What me? who is a professional fisherman. I have gone through the whole of the sea and have caught nothing. But this is what he said. But because you say so, because you say so, I will let down the net. Today, can you look into the face of Jesus and say that, Father, I know I'm not able to. I know I'm not capable. Father, I know that you've called me but I, I, I have these flaws. I know that you've called me, but I have these challenges. I, know that I, I, I am just, I'm too weak to be, used, to be used for the purpose for which you are saying. But can you just say that, but because you say so, I will let down my pride. Because you say so, I will let down myself. Because you say so, I will give you the chance to be the Lord, the master, and take hold of my life what a slave have to do is just simple follow the word of the master follow the words of the master and when in all the statements to jeremiah and to gideon jesus said i am with you 
I am with you. I am with you. Beloved, all that you need is the presence of God being with you. All that you need is the presence of God being with you. If God says so, He has already taken care of it. He just wants you to use you as a medium and as an instrument for His own glory. When He calls you, He doesn't focus on what you are incapable of. I always say that when I was a kid, I was a serious stammerer. And in fact, I could not even talk well. I was taught how to talk. And no one thought that Albert would be a person who would become an oracle that God will use to speak to his people. But here I am, standing here and sharing the word of God with you. You know, if it was to be a, a, someone, the person would be like, I, have a, um, I mean, I have a disability. I can't talk. I can't do this. Because at first, if I speak, you wouldn't hear a word. When I was a kid. But my parents never gave up on me. I never gave up on myself. But I trusted God in the process. The first time Jesus appeared to me, not in a vision, physically, that was my weakest moment in life. It was times that I felt like I never deserved to be used by God. Because I knew what I had gone through. I knew what I was going through. And I felt like I am the worst person in this world. But in those times that I was lamenting, taking that Albert, I am the worst person. God cannot use me in this state, in this process. No, 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 God cannot use me. He can use someone better. Jesus appeared to me and he spoke to me. And that day my life changed. And my life was never the same. He appeared to me in my weakest moment. All that God wants you is to get to that point where you say that, God, I cannot do it on my own. Use me. Some of you, God is saying, be a voice to the people at your workplace. But you are looking at your, your flaws and your mistakes and what you are not capable of doing. Some of you, God is saying that, you know, I, I want you to reach out to these people. Some of you, God is saying, I want to make you a great prophetess unto myself. Some of you, God has given you interpretation of tongues, but you are like, ah, I don't think what this person is, the tongue this person is speaking, what I'm going to interpret makes sense. So I wouldn't say. You know, so when God calls us, we have so many reasons for which not to do that which He has called us to do. But this morning, if you learn nothing from me, at least take this word with you. His word is enough. If you are sick, know that His word is enough. So by his stripes we are healed. Not by common sense. He said that by his stripes. It's not by medicine. He said that by his stripes we are healed. So whilst people are thinking about whatever they are thinking, we know that by his stripes we are healed. We follow the Lamb. We follow the we follow Jesus. We follow his word. Let us not be like the woman in Songs of Psalms chapter five, whom the lover appeared to him appeared to her. And instead of her to go and open the lava to come inside, said that I opened for my. But when you read from the verse four coming down, you realize that the lava was knocking, but she was just lying on her bed, saying that I haven't. I, in fact, I just finished taking my bath. I am naked. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. I can't come out and come and open the door for you, though I want to open the door, but I am busy. I can't come and open and. With all the lamentation and lamenting and lamenting and talking and talking, when she was finally ready to go and open the door, the verse says, I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had left. He was gone. 
let me tell you, this is my last word. I know that it is time. Let me tell you, whatever God tells you is for a time. Whatever God tells you is for a time. It's for a season. He speaks to you in season. If you don't walk in that word that he has spoken to you, in that season, you are messing things up. And you are putting a lot of people's life on the line. Because whatever God speaks over your life, lives are attached to them. If you become disobedient and you apply your own reasoning to it and don't do it, you will be, you will regret it one day. But then, if you look into his eyes and say, that, Father, from today, it's enough. May you increase as I totally decrease in myself. God will make use of you and you'll be useful in his kingdom. Can we close our eyes? Father, we thank you. We bless your name for your word. We thank you for speaking, up, speaking to us this morning. You made us understand that your word is enough. Father, I pray that we walk in that wisdom and in that knowledge and in that understanding that whatever you've said, it's enough. You've called us in season. You've called us in times like this. And Lord, you've commissioned us to do your work. You've spoken your word upon our life. And on top of it, you said you are with us. You've said you are with us. Even to the end of the ages. Father Lord, we trust in your word. We trust in the process. Lord, we will forever rely on your word because your word is enough for us. If anyone is struggling in anything, Father, I pray that you bring the, the person to the point where the person would understand and realize how enough your word is for them. In Jesus' name, we've prayed with thanksgiving. Let all saints say amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.